Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I am Rob Ellis. Joining us right now. I was excited to talk to Keith when, <clears throat> excuse me, when, uh, you know, word became official last week that the NBA was coming back July 31st and you know, certainly a lot of questions surrounding the Sixers. But I wanted to talk to Keith about a number of different things. And he joins us right now. Keith Pompey from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Hey, Keith, how you doing, man? Hey, what's up, Rob? How you been, buddy? Uh, I'm, I'm good, man. Thank you. And and I, I don't want to have to start on such a heavy note, but I, 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 would, I feel like, you know, we, we can get to the basketball stuff and, you know, the, if you will, the trivial stuff in a moment. But just just talk to me about, you know, your, your thoughts. And I know this is kind of a broad question, but, you know, what's been happening in our country and in our city the, the, the last couple of weeks? And I know uh, you guys over at the Inquirer had a, had a call in, you know, sick day uh, protesting some of the things that were going on, you know, uh, there at your at your paper. But just kind of where things are in general for you and what your thoughts are and what's happening. You know, I'll be honest with you, since um, I, I saw the death of uh, George Floyd, um, it, it's been tough for me. Um, it's been one of those things where, you know, a lot of people, once you just talk about athletics, um, sports, talk about the NBA, mm-hmm. but, you know, when you look at that and you see how the guy died, you know, it, it kind of brings back some emotions of things that you experienced in the past. And there's certain things that, you know, you want to forget, but it all comes back. And, um, and then, you know, you, you look at it and, and you see, you know, how people are marching and some people are saying how, you know, like they don't understand what people mean when they say black lives matter. I mean, I get it. I understand that all lives do matter, but the term black lives matter isn't like, you know, people saying, Hey, you know, only black lives matter. No, what they're saying is that, you know, black lives matter too. And um, so, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you want more people to be educated on that. Um, and it's, it, it just seems like, you know, right now our country, it seems like people with the rallies, you know, everything is the protests, excuse me, everything is, um, you know, the last couple of days, you know, things have been getting better. But, you know, you just hate that our country has to go through, you know, the divisiveness and, you know, you go on social media and you got one side saying one thing, another side saying another thing, when, you know, people are just basically protesting you know, for rights and, and for the fact that, you know, black males in America, you know, some and not all cops. I'm not going to say that there's a majority, a minority of cops that are bad, but people are protesting because, you know, black males in America um, 
are often victimized by police brutality and 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 that's what it is. So it's it's kind of tough for me right now. No, I, I and I hear you, Keith. And we and we've been trying to. I've made it a point for with my shows for just to to have some dialogue, you know, for people mm-hmm. whether they can express where they're at, what we need to do better. Let me ask you because one of the questions I do get asked a lot is, well, what steps need to be put in place? And, and I I mean, this is aside from obviously just treat people equally. You know, treat people the way that you would want to be treated, the golden rule, that kind of thing. But what do you think needs to be put in place so we can get better as a nation, as people to get, you know, obviously we got a long way to go, but what are some of the steps that you think need to be put into place? Well, I think the first thing that, well, one of the first things that has to happen is that everyone has to realize that we're all not equal, you know? And and what I mean by that is, is, is kind of like, you know, I grew up in inner city Philly and it, and, you know, I always thought that, okay, once I get out of the area, once I go to college, once I do everything like that, once I move out, you know, things are going to get better. And they get better a little bit, but, but it's still, you know, at nighttime, you know, I can drive down the street in my neighborhood or another neighborhood or what have you. And sometimes, you know, people don't know that, oh, that's the guy who covers the Sixers. They just see me, mm-hmm. <laughs> see a, a, a black person. And it's not. And again, I'm not saying it happens all the time. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm just saying there are certain times where there might be a guy who says, "Hey, he looks suspicious. Let's stop him." You know. So you know, there are certain things that people don't know. Now, now the first thing is people recognizing it. The second thing is is like I think there are some departments that have to go out there, and the guys like in Minnesota. They have to get rid of the bad apples because, again, I have some family who are police officers. I have some very good friends who are police officers, black and white, and they get upset because what happens is people lump all of them into that category when it's only a small um, minority in most incidents who do that. So I think that, you know, that's the second thing that has to happen. You have to weed out the bad cops. You know, you have to weed out them because it makes everyone look bad. You know, see, the problem is, you know, in society, unfortunately, let's just say, you know, there's every there's stereotypes. You know, it, let's say if, if, if a black male does something wrong, then you have some people who think that all black people do it. Right. If you have a bad cop who does something wrong, then you have certain people thinking that all cops are bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of, Everything, yes, we want it all to be individual, but at the same time, we just have to weed out the bad apples on both sides. And people have to realize that, like, look, these protests are peaceful. The stuff that was happening after the protests, they weren't protesters. They were looters. They were people who were trying to front as if they were protesters, but they weren't involved in a protest. They were taking advantage of a situation. They were not the protesters. It's well said. It's very well said. And we're speaking with Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer. And just, you know, Keith, I've almost I said this on the air the other day. I've almost grown to hate the word all because too often times we get that broad brush out, man. And it's all this, all that when we're talking about certain groups of people. And it's just it's just something that goes right, you know, <laughs> right up me, you know, when I hear that kind of thing, because it's not all you're right. It's there's certain people that are doing the right things. Certain people are doing the wrong things, but it's not a group 
that's just this or just that. And unfortunately, that kind of thinking, I think, is what gets us in a lot of the, the places that we're in right now, the, the all kind of thinking. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, and that's what it is. It's like, you know, that that's the thing. Like everyone, we always try to lump people together and and you can't do that. I mean, you just can't, you know, you just can't do that at all. Yeah. So have you been heartened by seeing, you know, what the what the protests have looked like the last couple of days? I know that, you know, you had Tobias Harris out there, Matisse Thibel, uh, Kyle Lowry was with them, Elton Brand was out there. I mean, it, it, it seems like, you know, that certainly yesterday, man, unbelievable display of folks out there. Yeah, I do. It, it makes you feel, you know, it makes you feel hopeful that things are, are, are going to change. And not only that, it's, it's kind of like one of those things where, you know, not just in the United States. I mean, when you see people like all over the world, mm-hmm. you know, all over Europe and in, in New Zealand, you know, marching, um, it, it, it kind of like make you think like, yes, you know, like, you know, like maybe there's going to be a change. See, in the past, you know, you would see things happen like, all right, for instance, you know, we all know how the news cycle goes. Right. So, all right, we have the pandemic. OK, well, then next thing you know, that clears up a little bit. And then there's police brutality, right? And you're like, okay, that's on the news. Okay, people are talking about it. And then next thing you know, something else happens. And then it's like, oh, we don't even remember the guy who, what happened to him anymore. You know what I mean? They're talking about like the mass. Yeah. And so you, you always, whenever you see stuff like this, you're always like, okay, they're, they're going to talk about it for a couple months. And then next thing you know, something else is going to happen. But when you see it happening all over the world and you see people just talking about it and, you know, and, and, you know, there's people on my job calling me and, and my neighbors calling me, you know, just asking me questions. And it's like opening up dialogue that I've never had with people before about this. So you look at it and you get a little hopeful, like, okay, things are going to change. Now, again, it's going to take a while. For it to happen it's things they don't happen overnight but i have never seen stuff like this because think about it before you know people thought oh this only happens in certain communities you know oh well you know like hey i don't i, I don't know what it's like to be an african-american male or or a minority or anything like that so it doesn't really bother you now i think the thing is this time was that People saw that video. They saw how he was an unarmed man and how the guy basically, even after he lost his pulse, he didn't no longer had a pulse, he stayed on him. And I think that the way that it happened, the fact that a lot of people are, are still in quarantine, you know, it opened up a lot of people's eyes, not only in the United States, but all over the world. Mm. Well said. Well said. Keith Pompey joining us. All right, Keith, so let's – Let's move on to some trivial matters here, uh, like like the NBA coming back. If uh, we'll do the the, the the smooth segue into that, but uh, at least we know now that the games are going to be coming back July thirty first and going to be played. Mm-hmm. And I've been asking this to to our to our listeners throughout the first you know three plus hours of the show. The Sixers are a tough team to handicap here uh, because you know they they were great at home. They were terrible on the road. Okay, the home part is taken out of it. Well, so is the road part. You're kind of just in this neutral court. They appear to not be the best mix of players. You know, the fit didn't appear to be great with the roster construction. You don't know about Embiid's conditioning. You know, there's just so many things that are up in the air right now with this team. It's tough to get a handle on what you think 
you know, what they may look like. Do you have any, any idea or is it just kind of who knows at this point? Yeah, you're right. I mean, and it, you know, the thing is, you know, like there's a lot of people saying, oh, this team is going to do this, that team is going to do that. We really don't know what anyone's going to do. I mean, you yeah. just don't know it. And then in the Sixers particularly, you're right. I mean, I think everything, and I keep saying this over and over again, it all really is going to depend on what Joel Embiid does. And, I mean, we've been around Joel for a while. When Joel is motivated, you know, Joel is the most dominant player on the court. I mean, there's been games when Joel played against LeBron, I remember, and he was fired up, and Joel was just like, yo, I'm here. Like, I'm that guy. I'm the man. But then there's been other times when Joel went through the motions, and we've seen it, and he was just, you know, just there. If Joel Embiid is in shape and motivated, I think that the Sixers can be very successful. You know, now a lot of people are talking about Ben Simmons, you know, his back. A lot of people are talking about Al Horford, you know, whomever they have if the bench. Um, it plays like great. All that's good. But if Joel Embiid does not come in and he's not motivated and he's not in shape and he doesn't have, like, that beast mode on him, I don't see the 76ers going far. Now, again, that's not a knock against them. But Joel Embiid, to me, is the piece that will take them to a championship or at least get them into the Eastern Conference Finals. You know what I mean? If yeah. he's motivated. Without him, they're going to struggle. I, I agree. Have you heard anything, Keith, on, on how he looks? You know, for, I, I, Look, I know just looking one way doesn't mean he's in basketball condition and all these guys, it's going to take a little while to get in you know, basketball shape. But have you heard anything? And Because when he's missed time in the past, you know, it could only be a couple weeks and he comes back and you're like, whoa, this is going to take a while. We're talking four months here you know, between March 12th and by the time they play. Yeah, like a couple, like what was it, a month ago, Elton Brand came out and said that how motivated he was and, and this and that. And when you hear that, you know, you're, you're initially your, your your first thought is, okay, Elton, what else are you going to say? You have to say that, right? And, you know, I spoke to someone like two weeks ago, and they were telling me, and, you know, we got on the subject of um, Joel talking the same way you and I were talking, and they said, Keith, no, he's working out six days a week, and he's, and he's, and he's motivated. And so you're like, wow, okay, okay. Now, again, the workouts, you know, it's not like he's out there working out with, you know, teammates. He wasn't working out with teammates and stuff like that. But from what I heard, that you know, he's been in Philly, you know, Philadelphia area, you know, going to the gym six days a week. Now, not at the practice facility, but he was going to, the, uh, to a gym um, six days a week, and he was, uh, you know, getting in some solid workouts. That's what I heard. Well, that's that's encouraging for sure. So let let me ask you, Keith, in terms of what Brett's going to do here, because we saw before things got shut down, they moved Horford to the bench. We saw sort of the emergence of Shake Milton. Granted, it wasn't a large sample size. What's your sense of when they come back? Do you think he rolls with the with the Horford starting lineup, or does he does he bring him off the bench? You think when they come back? You know, if it was me personally, like. If, if it was me, if I was the coach, um, you know, I, I think that I would start Shake Milton. I mean, just because now, again, 
um, if, if Ben Simmons, like, shows me that all of a sudden he's going to come out and start shooting threes and stuff like that, maybe I will go a different way. I mean, go to the starting lineup they had at the start of the season. But, you know, let, let's be honest. Like, all these games matter. You don't really have time to experiment on what things are going to look like. We know that, you know, Horford is a solid backup center. We also know that Shake Milton is a guy who can stretch the floor. We've seen Ben Simmons playing point forward a lot this season. So to me personally, I think that, you know, the Shake Milton at the at the point guard, well, Ben's gonna actually be listed the point, but he's really gonna be the point forward. But I see Shake Milton, you know, being the point and I see uh Ben being the point forward and I see Al Horford coming off the bench. You know, I, I see, in my opinion, I think that that might give the Sixers the, the best chance to win games. You know, right now, you know, we have to assume, again, unless Ben Simmons comes out shooting threes, we have to assume that Al is going to continue to look out of place at the four. Um, they're not going to have any spacing, and they're just going to stand around, and they're going to struggle with all three, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and Al Horford on the floor together. So I think personally right now you have to go with shake and you have to move slide Ben to the four. Keith, do you, do you like this format, the, the way that they laid this thing out? So you, you know, just for people who may not know, just to, to run through it real quick, it was, it was approved 29 to one Portland was the only holdout, but 22 teams coming back. You've eliminated teams that are just way out of it uh, in, in both conferences. And with the East, it's only the wizards that right now are out of that, that eight seed right now, but there's going to be a play in eight, nine. Think of the NCAA tournament with that. They do on Tuesday and Wednesday, the, the nine seed, has to win two games. The eight seed only has to win one, um, and then it's you know your your basic eight from each conference situation. D- do you like the way that they're proposing this thing? And do you think July thirty first is a enough time for these guys to get back and get rocking? Um, you know the the way in, in regards to the way that they're proposing it, I'm just happy that they're <laughs> that they're coming back. Amen. So if you know what I mean, it was one of those things. Like I I remember like I did my podcast and. And um, one of my good friends, uh, Jeff Cohen, we were going back and forth on it. And I kept saying, Jeff, who cares? They're coming back. Who cares? They're coming back. And and I understand why they're doing it. I mean, if you think about it, you know, a lot of these guys, the teams like the Portland Trailblazers, the New Orleans Pelicans, Sacramento, even Phoenix, they all have young superstars, right? So it's like they're bringing up the TV ratings by having these guys play. Yes, they're telling us they're within three games of making the playoffs. But let, let's face it, people are going to watch those guys play to, to get to the playoffs. Um, in regards to being, um, you know, a only – okay, so they're probably – what's going to happen is NBA teams are going to report on June 30th, right? Mm-hmm. On, on July the 7th, they're probably – between July the 7th and July the 9th, they're going to go down to, like, Florida. They're going to do some social distancing, and then they're going to ramp up practices in a couple weeks. I mean, they're going to do individual stuff and all that thing. So to me, it's like a lot of these guys now are working out. So they're getting in shape. They're going to have probably play two to three preseason games. It's not as ideal as we would like it because they had so much time off. But when you factor it in, it's going to be around a month 
that they're going to be, you know, practicing and doing other things before they get before the games actually start. So I don't have a problem with that. I mean, Tech, I miss basketball. I personally would, would, would love if they started a week earlier, like July the 21st instead of the 31st. But that's just because I'm, you know, I'm being selfish right now and, and I'm bored at home and I just want to see some basketball. I hear you. Do you think it's necessary for the eight games? I mean, they're, you know, the NHL is just rolling right into the playoffs, but this at least allows guys to get a little continuity back. Do you, do you like the eight games? Yeah, kind of, sort of, yeah. You know, um, that, yeah, that's good. I mean, the, the thing is, if you're a team like the 76ers and you think about it, if you're the Sixers, you're maybe a little disappointed that you have to play the eight games. The only reason why I'm saying that is because, or like, because when you look at it, the teams that they're playing, a lot of these teams are like, well, let's face it, they're playoff caliber teams. Whereas beforehand, it was like the Sixers had the second easiest schedule. Mm-hmm. Now imagine if they had all 30 teams there and they said to the Sixers, okay, you got to play eight games. And then they had they, they they would be fortunate enough to play, you know, uh, um, Minnesota, yeah, some bad a couple teams. of the other struggling teams. Right. It would have benefited them, you know. But now it's like they're going to be facing playoff caliber teams. So, you know, that's the only thing about the twenty two having twenty two teams hurting the Sixers. But now I don't have a problem outside of that. No. All right, last one just from a the, the the setup standpoint. I mentioned and we all know that you know 29 and 2 and how much they struggled on the road. They were they were a you know, it was clear how much the home court meant to them. Any idea how this this neutral floor could affect these guys? I mean, it, it's I know everybody's dealing with it, but the Sixers were such an extreme team. Yeah, I really don't have one. I mean, I'm being honest with you because, like you said, they're such an extreme team. Like one person, you can argue that, um, okay, they're going to be living out of hotels. You know, that could be bad for them, you know, being away from home, being away from their beds. But then at the same time, they're not really in a hostile environment that they were before. You know, this Mm -hmm. is like going to be new for everyone. I mean, think about it. These guys are going back to, like, AAU basketball, where they just roll up, they get off the bus, they walk in the gym, they play a game. They don't even take – they're not even going to take a shower at the arena. After the game, they're going to, you know, do what they have to do and get out of there and go back. So I think that this is something that a lot of people don't know what the result is going to be. Now, again, are they going to get that – um, motivation for playing at the Wells Fargo, having the crowd like cheer them on. No, but you know, to me, it's like this is different. Like this is like you know, it's going to be like going to a scrimmage, going to practice, and you have to bring it all the time. You know, so it's hard to say if it's going to benefit them, if it's going to have a negative effect. You know, just because this is something that's never happened before. Now, Keith, any idea what they're going to be doing with you guys? Will is I haven't heard anything in terms of the broadcasters, in terms of what's going to happen with the writers. If there's just going to be a pool reporter, have you been told anything yet by the NBA? Well, they they are going to have media there. They're just right now they're trying to work through things. Like when I contact the people, they they let inform me that they're just trying to work through you know, how they're going to do the access. You know, it's going to be a limited um, number of reporters. You know, initially they didn't even know if it was going to be 30 teams or 16 teams. 
you know, how they were going to do it. So now this week, you know, that's when everything is trying to be finalized, you know, to when, you know, to when we figure out, like, you know, uh, how they're going to uh, do the media thing. But I am under the assumption that media members are going to be in the arena. Mm. Now, I don't know how close you're going to be. I don't know if, if some people have to be in the bubble, if not all. But, um, you know, I, I do get the uh, assumption that, you know, we are going to be, you know, down there. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Lastly, AI, 45 years old today. You're a Philadelphian. You, 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 you're you well aware of, of his impact. I, I, I'm just thinking in terms of like a cultural phenomenon. Iverson's right there with anybody who's come through the city. Just your, your impressions of AI. Yeah, and as a cultural phenomenon, you know, he was he was ridiculous. Now, the thing is, you know, when AI first came to Philadelphia, you know, I, I was at, I guess I was at Pitt when he, you know, initially, then I moved down south for like, a, you know, a decade. And it, w- it was one of those things where even down there, everyone was in love with him. They just liked him. He was gritty. And I never knew that I came back to Philly. I would go to games with my friends and stuff like that. And I saw how the crowd reacted to him. But I never knew how much love he received until I remember one time the Sixers were playing in Bilbao, Spain. And if you would have seen all the Spanish people who showed up for the game with cornrows and AI jerseys, and then they go to Manchester, England, and people were coming from all over Europe dressed the same way, you know, some people because they loved AI. And you're saying to yourself, like, you know, this isn't like, you know, an inner city uh, somewhere in, in America. We're talking about over in Europe. And these people idolize AI and we're trying to dress like AI. So that's when I knew, like, hey, this guy is special. You know, he's special. It wasn't just a Philadelphia thing. It was a global thing on how much people adored him. Keith, great insights, man, on everything. You know, we, we appreciate it. And, uh, you know, wishing you all the best. And uh, hopefully, you know, next time we talk, we'll be talking uh, about hoops and a playoff run for the Sixers, man. But thanks for your time today. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, buddy. All right, you got it. That is Keith Pompey from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.